Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, every season on this show, we invite an Oregon and an Oregon State player to be a regular guest. This year's uh, Beaver that you're going to get to know better all season long is Anthony Gold, wide receiver. He's got some local connections. Uh, this segment is presented by Jamba. Life is better blended. Anthony Gold, wide receiver, Oregon State, joining us. Uh, look, Jaden Grant was the Jamba guy last year, Anthony, and he, he said, uh, Anthony's got to be your new Jamba guy, so you got to give him a, a fist bump when you see him. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I already gave him some love for, uh, you know, set me up with this opportunity, so I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> I love it. Uh, hey, look, are you paying attention to the NFL waiver wire? It looked like Jaden got waived yesterday, but it, he's going to be added to the practice squad in Las Vegas. And Do you yep. keep tabs with those guys? Oh, yeah. You know, I definitely try and uh, check in every now and then. Um, you know, those are, my, those are my guys for life. So, you know, between him, Alex, uh, Ray, uh, Treshawn, T. Wayne, you know, all those guys, um, you know, I try and check in on them. Uh, and it's cool to see that, you know, some of those guys are – you know, making their way in the in the league, and um, you know, some some have you know lost their opportunity, but you know, there's going to be more opportunity on the way. So I'm I'm happy for those guys. Yeah, I think it's interesting to kind. Of, I always like to follow guys as they make the next step. Um, speaking of the next step, it looks like DJ Uyengalele will be the starting quarterback on Sunday. Uh, we're going to have Jonathan Smith on your coach later in the show, but give us an idea from your standpoint. You saw him in scrimmages. You saw him in practices. What separated DJ? Um, I think it was just the decision-making at the end of the day. Uh, you know, having a, a group of guys, um, you know, we can all feel like we can trust on him uh, to make the right decision. And, you know, that's not taking anything away from Aiden or, or Ben. You know, those are two other guys that I think could go to, you know, almost any other program and, you know, push a, push their case for being a starter. Um, but, you know, just, you know, his, his decision-making and being able to, to move around on his feet will be a, will be a big benefit for us. You got a chance to see this week's week one opponent play USC. What'd you see of San Jose State on film? Oh, I mean, I mean, I think they're a good, they're a well-coached team. Um, you know, we're, we know we're going to get. There's not too much disguising or you know, too too much uh, fancy stuff on defense. Um, you know, they play simple and they play fast and they play hard. So you know, just locking in on the stuff we need to do. Um, you know, going out there and executing on you know the stuff we need to do and. Um, I think that's what, what will help us win this game. You know, they got an advantage going in. You know, they've already got that game. So all the first game errors and mistakes, you know, they've already got all that corrected. So, um, you know, as long as we execute and do our job, you know, I think we'll be fine. Give me an idea because, you know, you've been in the program several years. You had an opportunity to grow a little bit. How has your approach changed? Meaning, like, you know, where you find yourself this year versus other years. How have you changed? I think really just mentally. Um, I think that's where I've, I've really improved the most. Uh, obviously physically with, you know, cleaning up the route running and, you know, stuff like that. But I think mentally, you know, the last couple of years I've taken, you know, a big leap. And I think that that's just a huge testament to, you know, Coach Smith, Coach Fence, Coach Lindgren. Uh, but I think mentally, is the, you know, my my game has really improved. Um, and it just, when, it, when that happens, the, the game slows down, you know, and, it's like, I, I don't want to say it's like playing high school ball again, but, you know, it slows down so much that it's almost like playing high school ball again. So, um, you know, being being in tune with myself mentally on and off the field has really 
that really helped me. In the opener last year, you had a 74-yard pass against Boise State. You had an 80-yard punt return against Montana State. Uh, you had uh, you had big plays all season long. 55-yard punt return against Cal for a touchdown. It, you you look back um, at the season and you see big plays. I want to go back to the playground when you were a kid. Were you always the fastest kid in the elementary school? <laughs> yes, sir. I always been the fastest. So I actually used to I used to play soccer a little bit when I was little. And they used to call me freight train. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make much sense to me now. Yeah, not the love side, but <laughs> uh, you were moving. It's kind of funny, just to, exactly. Yeah, just to think about that. Uh, probably could have came up with a, a better name for me. Uh, you know, being the size I am, but uh, no, nah, I just I think it's funny. I've always always been you know this speed, and um, you know it, it's a blessing. You know, because you you can't teach it. So. I'm going to call you Freight Train from now on. Anthony Freight Train Gold is our guest. Uh, when all right, so was there anybody close to you though on the playground? Was there like a did you have a nemesis that was like a step slower than you that you were always battling against, or were you just like always the fast kid? Oh yeah, I mean there was always one or two that you know kind of give me a little little run for my money, but for the most part, I've always kind of been you know the fastest of any school I've been to. Um, you know, growing up all the all the time, so. Uh, there was a few, definitely, but uh, I was definitely probably the fastest I'd say everywhere I've been. I want to ask you, you know, the the Oregon State will sometimes play with a chip on its shoulder. I've seen you guys walk in that way. Hey, nobody's respecting you. You're down 17 in the fourth quarter to Oregon. You just keep playing. You come back. Uh, the the Pac-12 stuff goes on and disintegrates. Is there an extra chip on your shoulder or? Is that a potential distraction that you guys just don't want to deal with and you just must stay focused and not make it a distraction? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, you know, with some people feeling like, you know, we're kind of – we were kind of left out to dry, you know, and um, there wasn't too much opportunity that, that we were given as, uh, you know, just Oregon State as a as university. But, uh, you know, it does take away from things. And at the end of the day, that's not going to happen until next year. So we have to just focus on this year, and that's something that we've kind of just been uh, harping on in the locker room is just, you know, yeah, we can use it as a chip on our shoulder, but at the same time we can't talk about it so much that it's going to start causing distractions within the team. So we definitely use it as a as a field of the fire, but it's not too much to where it starts to be a distraction uh, in the locker room. It's going to be a day game, too. I love that. I love that you're going to play on a Sunday afternoon, and you'll have the stage to yourself. You've got a big TV audience. What is that What is that going to be like for you? Do you do you like day game, night game, have no preference? Uh, if it's a way, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a day game guy. Uh, just because those flights home, getting back at 2, 3 in the morning, it's brutal sometimes. Um, but, nah, it'll be nice. You know, you can't, especially being a, a wide receiver, you know, it's going to be warm, and it's going to be the middle of the day, and, you know, that's all you dream of when you're fast, being able to play in that heat. So, um, no, nah, I definitely definitely am a day game guy, I would say. The offense this year, will it will it resemble the offensive last year? I mean, you got the same coordinator, different quarterback, same offensive line coach. I'm going to assume you guys are going to try to have the same kind of identity you had before, but every team's a little different. You've You've been around. What do you think the identity of this team is, or how is it different than maybe a year ago? Honestly, I think it's I think it's about the same. You know, we're gonna run the ball, and if you can't stop the run, then good luck. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think we'll definitely. Uh, you know, we'll we'll we've been working on all, all summer off season is you know our vertical game down the field. That was something we felt like we kind of lacked uh, a little bit at times last year, which is being able to push the ball vertically down the field. 
Um, so being able to parry, uh, marry that with the with the run, um, you know, it should set up a lot of opportunities down the field. But uh, I think we're we're still the same team. You know, we're going to run the ball, and if you can't stop it, then it's going to be a long day playing us. I keep hearing people say that this San Jose State game could be a trap game for you guys, that San Jose State's got a game under their belts, they're playing at home. But, uh, you know, I think if you take care of the ball, you have better, you have more talent, you get the better team. Um, do you see it as a trap game at all? I mean, not really, no. Um, but at the, at the level we play at, every week is a trap game, whether you're playing a, a, a good mm. team or not. You know, every, anyone can get beaten at any, any given Saturday. So, um, you know, you just got to take it week by week. Uh, we're definitely not overlooking these guys. Um, you know, you just can't do that at this level. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a trap game uh, just because, you know, we're focused and we know that they're a well-coached team and they play hard. So it's going to take everything we have to, to do to be able to beat them. Um, but, no, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a trap game necessarily. You have watched uh, Research Stadium get rebuilt, and you've been there this whole time. Give me an idea mm-hmm. from your standpoint what it's been like to walk into that stadium and see it go from, you know, it was outdated, you know, when you arrived, and then it was torn down, and now it's rebuilt. Like, you've been there for the transformation. Oh, yeah, it's it's amazing, and it's, it's definitely cool to see. Um, at times, you almost forget about, uh, you know, what the old side looked like, and um, being able to see, like, the, the difference of when I first got here, compared to when it was torn down and then looking at it now, it's it's amazing. And I think it, it's definitely good for, you know, Beaver fans and uh, student athletes and, you know, everyone just involved in the, in the community and university um, just because, you know, that's, that's part of theirs too. And, you know, being able to see that, I'm, it makes me excited just because I know how loud it was last year with half a stadium. Um, I think they, they said they put new some new metal to where it'll echo more, so hmm. I'm excited to, to see how that is. Um, but, no, it's definitely been – it's been humbling and it's been an amazing experience just to see how much we've developed as a, a university and a program. The you know the school won't start for you for a while, but what's your class schedule going to look like this year? Are you are you one of these online course guys that's taking yoga and and living a good life, or what are you taking? <laughs> uh, so I'm actually working on a certificate in uh, student education, so working with students in higher education. Um, nice. I got my degree in business administration already, so. Um, yeah, I wish I could say, uh, you know, I was one of those guys just take yoga online, but uh, nah, I'm actually working on a certificate. Last <laughs> year we had, are all yeah. online, so. <laughs> we had Bo Nix and we had Jaden Grant last year, and it was like between them they were taking ballroom dancing and yoga and, you know, a lot of online this and online that. And I was like, that is a pretty good schedule. Uh, what made, what got you interested in, in education? Um, I've always kind of want to be uh, something involved with, you know, really coaching on the coaching side. Um, but, you know, just being, you know, administration, just how that works and the breakdowns of, of that between athletic and just regular uh, school administration, it's always kind of interested me. So um, that's something I've kind of been always a little interested in. Um, so just being able to, you know, get something, a degree or certificate uh, showing that, you know, I, can, I have that um, part of my resume as well. Um, I thought it would be good for me. That's really interesting stuff. Good stuff. Anthony Gold is with us. He'll be with us all season long. Oregon State wide receiver. This segment is brought to you by Jamba. Life is better blended. Anthony, before I uh, cut you loose, uh, you go into Jamba. What are you ordering today? I'm gonna give me, uh, I think, a, a mango go go, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna add. 
Uh, yeah, I'll add some pineapple to it every time. <laughs> I love that. I love it. All right, we'll get you going all season long. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. Good luck on Sunday. I'll see you at the stadium in San Jose and uh, and give him hell. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, I will. Thank you. All It'll right, Anthony. Anthony Gold. There he goes. Fastest guy on the playground. Fastest guy on the show, allegedly. Uh, good stuff from him. All right, coming up, I will give you my breakdown of the Ducks and the Beavers week one. What am I looking for? Where are my eyes going? Uh, I will talk about the Beavers. I will talk about the Ducks. That's next. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Week one of the college football season is here. I got to be honest with you. As I look at the schedule of Week 1 games in the Pac-12, I think it's going to be a pretty good week for the Pac-12. Of course, there's some interest in Coach Prime and what happens at the Colorado TCU game. Of course, uh, I think a lot of people will always be interested in USC and Caleb Williams as long as they remain undefeated this season. But I want to focus for a moment on the two Pacific Northwest teams. I want to focus on Oregon, Oregon State, and mix in a little bit of Portland State as well. We heard Bruce Barnum on yesterday's show talk about Portland State as they are going to be at Autzen Stadium on Saturday. Uh, By the way, Roxy Bernstein and Lincoln Kennedy will be on the call for the Pac-12 Network as Oregon and Portland State will be taking each other on in that game. Um, Look, there's a couple things I want to point out about Oregon this season right up front. I think it's really important just to drill down on a couple of things that I really need to see this year from Oregon in order for this to be a successful season. We, it's very easy to say they need to win games. They need to get the conference championship. They need to get to Las Vegas. That's very easy, but it's an oversimplification. The first thing that Oregon needs to do this season has nothing to do with defense, has nothing to do with Dan Lanning and his coaching decisions, has everything in the world to do with Bo Nix. Last year, Bo Nix did not stay healthy. It was the biggest problem that Oregon had throughout the season. I think Kenny Dillingham got a little bit creative, a little bit cute, in trying to get Bo Nix involved this way and that way in the offense. And I think ultimately what we saw, like, and I don't think you could blame it on Kenny Dillingham, but we saw Bo Nix get hurt in the Washington game, and we realized how fragile Oregon's season is. If it can't keep Bo Nix healthy, there isn't going to be much of a season, and much of an upside to the season at least. There's a, there's a number out there that has been floating out there that I think is a very dangerous number for the University of Oregon. It's the number 15. Marcus Mariota set the all-time record at Oregon for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback with 15 rushing touchdowns in his final season. That is a record that Bo Nix threatened a year ago. He finished with 14. I think it would be really interesting and important to see Bo Nix not chase that record this season. And Oregon's offense to not rely upon putting Bo Nix in perilous situations that are especially needlessly perilous situations, particularly in the early part of the season. It's why I'm looking at the Portland State game. I'm looking at, you know, Saturday, and I'm seeing an opponent that Oregon should wake up and, and beat by three touchdowns and not make it much of a game, break a sweat, stay healthy, Get the offense going under Will Stein, but don't show too much to, to, to Texas Tech. There are going to be times at the season that Bo Nix needs to run with football. I'm not saying you don't run the guy. I'm not saying wrap him in bubble wrap 
and don't have him out on the field. But I look back to maybe the Justin Herbert final season at Oregon where he gets into the Pac-12 championship game and suddenly starts running against Utah, and Utah's defense was like, what? Where did this come from? I would love to see that at times this year from Oregon, but not consistently. You don't need Bo Nix running the football against Portland State. You might not need him running the ball against Texas Tech. You don't need him running against opponents like Cal. You don't need him running against opponents like Washington State. Save those opportunities where you're going to really go for it uh, to the games that are limited to USC, to Utah, to Oregon State, to Washington. There are some occasions where Bo Nix is going to have to use his legs. So, again, I'm just saying, you know, that's a weapon. But it's not a weapon that I would like to see overused. And, you know, we watched Justin Herbert go down one season with a collarbone injury. We watched, uh, we watched Bo Nix last season really struggle, and it changed the complexity of Oregon's offense. The complexion of their offense was completely different down the stretch. They, they just weren't what they could be. Oregon is returning Bo Nix. It's returning its leading rusher in Bucky Irving. It's returning its leading receiver in Troy Franklin. It's got a quarterback that had 14 rushing touchdowns a year ago. Look out. That's a team that could be awfully dangerous. But it's not dangerous if Bo Nix is hobbling around the field. So it's why it's important in Saturday's game, as Oregon's you know, going to line up, break a sweat, uh, presumably end 1-0, and head off to the Texas Tech game, I think it's really important not to see Bo Nix running needlessly in that game. So keep an eye on that. I think that's a key to Oregon's season, and I think it's a key to Saturday's game. Of course I want to see the defense. Of course I want to see you know, whether or not Jordan Birch is going to be disruptive. Of course I want to see how many different receivers Bo Nix can get involved. Uh, I absolutely want to see if Oregon can make adjustments, because I do think that Portland State will throw some things at Oregon. Uh, you know, Bruce Barnum, if, if, if nothing else, is a very creative play caller who's not afraid to try some things. But I also think it's just important that Oregon remembers that its true identity lies in the fact that you need Bo Nix at his best. You need him healthy in the Civil War game at the end of the year. You need him healthy when you go to play Washington. What you don't need to do is end up in a situation where he's needlessly running and you know, you're trying to pile up stats or you're trying to get him in the end zone or maybe you're chasing a Heisman Trophy campaign in the early part of the season and you end up with a foot or an ankle or an injury or a thumb or a collarbone that is just unnecessary. And it crossed my mind last year in about week five or six. There was a game against Cal. Bo Nix was very active, threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown. They were doing some really creative things with him that were fun. But I thought they were a little bit foolish. And, you know, the, the play against Washington, maybe it's a fluke play. I just don't want to see that kind of play happen in a game where you don't need it. Now, Bruce Barnum's an interesting study. You look at the Portland State football coach, and, you know, he came on yesterday's show, dropped some, uh, dropped some profanity, talked about, <laughs> talked about his season, talked about his approach. I want you to particularly pay attention to the fourth quarter of the Portland State-Oregon game. If, uh, if you are even watching a blowout and you're losing interest, stay with it in the fourth quarter. Take a look at how Barnum makes his personnel groupings and, and his personnel changes in the fourth quarter. Because I really do think Portland State thinks it's got a really good team. And I think it's become apparent that these payday games often translate as injury games in the, the world of Big Sky Conference football. These are where, you know, the Montanas, the Montana States, the UC Davises, the Portland States start to lose players when they play Washington, when they play Arizona, when they play Oregon or Oregon State. 
it becomes uh, you know a little bit a uh, little bit too much to ask. So keep an eye on Bruce Barnum because I think he's going to have some wholesale substituting in the fourth quarter of the game, and it could absolutely turn a three score game into like a five score game if you're uh, if you're watching from home. So keep an eye on that. Oregon State is different. Oregon State is going to San Jose State on Sunday, facing uh, what will be the final season in the Pac-12 Conference as we know it. Talk to players on this team, including Anthony Gold, the wide receiver, who said, yeah, there's a little bit extra chip on the shoulder. I think it's really important that Oregon State plays with that kind of alacrity, that kind of focus, on a mission, week to week. They've got a little extra to play for, and I like that from Oregon State's standpoint. I think it's going to be a fun season for those reasons. But Oregon State's identity is run the football, play defense. And if we're talking about Oregon State having a true identity, like you look around, you find some programs in the conference that don't know who they are. You get to the end of the season, they don't have an offensive identity. They don't have a defensive identity. Oregon State knows who it is. It gets off the bus knowing they're going to run the ball, they're going to play defense, they're going to make you feel like you play a football game. San Jose State is a, a little bit of a trap game in that the Spartans have already played a game, and coaches will tell you week one to week two, biggest improvement. It's an advantage for the Spartans. They've got some guys, too. We saw it against USC. They can fly around. They can make some plays. They can hurt you if you, if you blow assignments. So Oregon State's going to have to be on its toes in this game. There's a huge there's double-digit point spread in this game, and I don't love that from Oregon State's standpoint because I think it's going to be a much closer game than the point spread, especially at San Jose. But Jonathan Smith and Oregon State, it's a survive-and-advance operation for them at this point of the season. Chip on their shoulder, sure, it's fine if it's there. It just can't be a distraction. But DJ Uyunglele doesn't have to be on him this season. He doesn't need to come in like a lot of quarterbacks that are transferring into programs and carry the program and be the savior. He doesn't need to be that kind of guy. So keep an eye on that as the season unfolds. Because those things, you know, as much as we could talk about Oregon State having a run-first identity or that they're a hard-nosed football team, you know, I'm looking at Oregon State and going, as long as they show up to play with a survive-and-advance mentality, they can keep this thing alive. Their non-conference schedule is very manageable outside of the San Jose State game. It's a little bit dicey, but I think they can handle it. But Jonathan Smith and Oregon State, you know, if they can get to week five, week six undefeated, look out. Because I think the rest of the country is dying to get on board, dying to get behind them, dying to make Oregon State America's team. If you think about it, they've been left behind in the Pac-12 conference. They've been forgotten. Washington State and Oregon State have no fault of their own have been clearly left behind in the Pac-12. So if you are Jonathan Smith, if you can get this team focused, if you can get some momentum, look out. Because it could be, like we've seen teams historically in Major League Baseball and in the NBA catch lightning in a bottle. Oregon State's got that kind of schedule, that kind of team, and that kind of chip on their shoulder. So keep an eye on it. All right, Stephen, I've got to ask you, how much of a, how much of a trap game do you see the San Jose State, Oregon State being for the Beavers? I think it's a little trap game, but I think the fact that it's on the road really makes it so the Beavers are focused. Um, you know, I thought Anthony Gould's answer was pretty interesting when you asked him that question. He, he, he started with a, no, it's not a trap game, but then he kind of walked it back and said, well, all the games are trap games. So it was almost like you know he was very very confident in, uh, in his, his team's uh, ability to go on the road and win that game Pretty easily, but I'm with you. I, I, you know, watching San Jose State play, you knew offensively they could do some things. Now defensively, 
they're not going to be able to stop Oregon State in the way they pound the rock with that offensive line. But I, you know, I'll be interested to see how that defense reacts to a very veteran team out of San Jose State because I have questions about their defense, John. They lost a lot off that team last season. I know they, re- you know, they re- refilled and replaced them with a lot of new players. Uh, I want to see how good this defense is. I think San Jose State's actually going to be a good test uh, going against that offense in Chevin Cordero in Week One. Yeah, you know, Caleb Williams said it, the USC quarterback. He said it at Pac-12 Media Day. He said that they were fantastic defensively last year, that Oregon State had better talent than he expected, and he said schematically they confused him uh, like other teams did not. And I thought that was a really interesting and astute observation or admission by Caleb Williams because, you know, you're talking about a team that had Jaden Grant, that was a seventh-year senior in the in the secondary had Alex Austin had Jack Coletto who might be the smartest person in the stadium he's like uh, you know he's like an engineering major who's you know disguised as a football player they had some really smart football players on the defensive side of the ball will they play smart will they remember assignments because I saw you USC blew some assignments and it was it was seven points for San Jose State they got the guys to hurt you if you blow the assignments but I think it'll be really interesting to see can can Oregon State control Temple can they control the game? Can they control the ball? Can they suffocate you like a boa constrictor like they did to Oregon in the in the in the Civil War football game? So that's we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.